Welcome to Enterprising, a podcast from Enterprise Bank & Trust that's empowering business leaders one conversation at a time. Each week, we'll hear from top business professionals about lessons on leadership and entrepreneurship that they've learned along the way. I'm your host, Alana Mueller, an entrepreneurial executive leader whose primary focus is to connect, inspire, and empower community. We at Enterprise Bank & Trust thank you for tuning in to another episode. Hello, Enterprising listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Enterprising Podcast. With more than a decade of recruiting and business development experience, Casey Wright is president and owner of Chief of Staff KC, a well-rounded, experienced group of professionals who specialize in identifying and placing qualified candidates in the workforce from entry-level roles to executive positions. Casey Wright, welcome to Enterprising Podcast. Thanks, Elena. Thanks for having me on the show. Great to be with you. You know, in today's business world, with so many things shifting in terms of workforce and workplace, I'm guessing you are busier than ever in terms of working with clients to bolster their teams. Talk a little bit about the staffing business and industry, and in particular, how Chief of Staff KC brings value to the organizations it serves. Yeah, so we focus uh, on culture, first, second, third, fourth, and so on. That, that's definitely our, our primary focus. I've been in the business for about 17 years before, fortunately, being able to Acquired uh, chief of staff a little over four years ago. Never thought I'd be a business owner necessarily, and certainly didn't think a uh, first year in business ownership, I believe we'd go through a pandemic, but we rode that wave about nine months after uh, I started here was uh, when the pandemic hit. And uh, it's been interesting to say the least. We've had to pivot in a lot of areas. After those first couple of months of the, the lockdown though, we've done nothing but grow and I've grown pretty rapidly over the last few years and added clients, added divisions, added great members to our team and don't intend to slow down anytime soon. That is amazing. Well, as they say, you should live in interesting times and we certainly are. So that that's impressive that you were able to, um, I guess, see the future, right? You purchased the company and look what happened. I'm not going to take that much credit for you. <laughs> I was going to give it to you. I was going to no, give it to you. No, I've, I'm surrounded by the best team in the business. That's for sure. We've grown about fourfold in employees since I since I joined and done better than that revenues wise. And we were basically kind of one division when I took over. We've got about five divisions now that, that we specialize in. And last year alone, we placed people with over 200 different companies here in the Kansas City area. So think we're making a pretty big impact on the Kansas City market, both for the job seekers and those hiring people and uh, anywhere from, like you said, the, the top executives to entry level and everything in between. We do finance and accounting, HR, sales operations and administrative are our divisions here internally. But we partner with several other firms uh, in the area and beyond Kansas City as well that specialize in areas that we, we don't focus on. So we want to be a one-stop shop for anybody that's looking to hire the best talent, anyone that's looking for um, a better career. And uh, ultimately, we do that by getting to know our team, getting to know our clients, getting to know our candidates and putting people in a room together that, that we think are going to get along and be mutually beneficial. Super useful. And, and, you know, I'm sure that, you know, that comes with building trusting relationships on both sides of that equation. So I'm, I'm, I know that that's what you do. And, and in fact, since most businesses and yours in particular are built on those relationships, talk about how you've built your network and the ways in which you're actively able to engage your clients. Yeah, I probably get that question asked to me about as much as anything. Like, how do you find your clients? How do you find your candidates? How do you expand your network? I am out and about a lot. I've got a coffee, lunch, happy hour, dinner, you name it, frequently. I am a social person. <laughs> you know, I always, I, I like to, to get to know more people. 
you know, I've, I've gotten a compliment several times that compliment, maybe it was meant to be an insult. I don't know. But if you walk into a room, I go directly to the person that least like me in, in a room. And I find that interesting. I like to, to get to know people of all sorts of different walks of life. If I'm asked to go to two or three happy hours one day, sometimes the easiest one would be the people I know the longest that I have the most in common with. Uh, I intentionally try and choose the one I know the least and have the least in common with to, to just continuously expand my horizons and expand my contact uh, base and, and get to know more about people that, that aren't the exact same as me. I mean, and that's the way our, our team is made up, too. We're comprised of a wide variety of different people from all, all sorts of different backgrounds, ages, demographics, etc. And when I meet with someone, I don't think, ooh, what business are we going to do right now? And, and I try and teach my team that, too. Don't Don't go in there and say, hey, well, who's going to hire from me or what job are you looking for? Who's going to pay my fees? Look at what's our relationship going to be like, you know, three, four, five years from now. Like, what, what do we have in common? What, what's going to be fun about this relationship? Business will come, but people do business with those who like them. So get to know good people, spend time with good people, work hard. That's all I ask my team. Well, what I really like about what you said is just taking that long tail approach to relationship building, that it's not about a transaction at any specific point in time. You know that eventually those transactions as necessary and as appropriate will come, but you're you're establishing trust. You're you're building a long-term relationship, not something that's transactional in nature. Yeah. And, and honestly, not to throw shade or, <laughs> or anything, but, but I think that's what a lot of my industry is. It's very transactional and it's a volume-based business don't really care that much about the quality. Quite frankly, don't really care that much about what's best for the, the individuals that are looking for jobs and those that are looking to hire. Are they going to get paid for it or not is, is the focus. And, and I've always tried to take the exact opposite approach of that. It's let's build these relationships. And ultimately, uh, you know, the business will come. But if you're just focused on closing deals, I think you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Casey, what's something that you're working on now that you're especially excited about? Do you have any new projects? I know you said you'd grown your business with some additional uh, departments and divisions. Are you working on any specific projects that you want to share with our our listeners? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great question. Some of it's confidential. Some of it can't say too much of. You know, some of it, though, you read in the paper, different companies that are moving to town. We're involved in a lot of those with, with, with staffing up their teams that are building out operations here. You know, back to the pandemic, I... I signed a five-year lease uh, on a new space two weeks before the lockdown. You know, we, we tripled our square footage and obviously increased the rent a lot too. Two weeks before it, we built out this beautiful space and then didn't use it for almost a year. That was a big um, welcome to the bigs moment for me, if you will. And, and that was a, a challenge. Well, after, you know, close to a year of not using this, our space at all, we came back in and we came back in full force and now we're out of room. So we've still got nearly two years left on our lease and we're out of space. You know, I signed a five-year lease thinking that we we're eventually going to grow into it. And now we're like, oh, shoot, <laughs> now we need something to. So a big part of it is is uh, figuring out where next, <laughs> you know, is looking at buying buildings. And, and we, we like where we're at in town, but that's a challenge, too. I think everyone thought that the commercial real estate market was going to drop drastically after the pandemic. And from everything I've seen, that hasn't happened yet. So that's become a fun challenge, but a challenge nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. But we are looking at expanding additional divisions. You know, there, there's some other divisions we'll launch here in the near future. We're just trying to find the exact right people and the right timing to roll that all out. Well, that's super exciting. Well, so so you kind of brought this up, you know, on the, on the flip side, you know, everybody likes to hear about successes, but we're all faced with different challenges that, you know, the pandemic notwithstanding, 
uh, in any business, there are challenges that we all have to overcome. Talk a little bit about how you have faced some of those challenges and overcome obstacles to emerge stronger, not only as a business, but for you personally. Whew, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> there's challenges every single day. Being a business owner, obviously, every single day is completely different. And I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, what's going to hit my plate that day? I am a player coach. I'm still involved in, in the recruiting and the business development. I enjoy it. I, I love that part of it. But there's other challenges that come with running a company that uh, are hard to anticipate every single day. You know, one thing that this can be a compliment, but it's a, something we have to deal with is our brand recognition is really good right now. I mean, I think we do have a, a very positive reputation in the market we want to keep that, but growing at the appropriate pace. You know, I think a lot of people grow as fast as, as possible. Growth just for growth's sake, though, I've never believed is the, the greatest thing. So we want to continue to grow. But a lot of people have been coming to us. We want to grow with the people that are going to fit our culture. But my real point to that is we've got a reputation out there. Other people in the industry are trying every single day to poach our people right now. I mean, literally every single day, I'm, you know, one of my colleagues is showing me an email or a LinkedIn message that they're getting of, someone else that's trying to, to steal our people away. It, it is a compliment. We're obviously on their radar. It's kept me on my toes on making sure we're doing everything you know, yeah. possible, offering the best benefits, um, making it work-life balance, making it focused on on being happy in the, the workplace. It's not just about pay, but it's about who you work with, your team, your, your work family. And so those are things that I'm constantly having to evaluate and, and evolve when necessary and, and take care of folks to keep them here, here and happy long-term. It's like, after the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, all of their guys are worth a lot more on the open market. <laughs> and so there's there's a, yeah. a similar sensation at times. You're so right. Well, so have you seen a significant shift or a specific change in terms of what associates are looking for in a workplace? Uh, you talked about your space and you talked about benefits and, and acknowledgement of the value that they're bringing. Have you seen specific differences since before the pandemic? Can I call it the before times and the after times? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we're going to need a term for that eventually. Yeah. Um, because before pandemic gets a little uh, wordy, but I mean, Certainly the, the whole work arrangement, whether it's in office from home, hybrid, is fairly new worldwide. I mean, there were remote opportunities within certain industries. Kansas City being in the Midwest, we probably weren't as quick to adapt to those as maybe some of the, the East Coast, West Coast companies or even you know European and, and other companies that had more of this work remote situation um, available to their teams. I think everyone is more understanding of the ability to do it now, but it's, we're still pretty early in the infancy stages of what's this going to look like long-term. You know, like I said, for a year, nobody worked here in our office. We built out this brand new, beautiful office. No one was here. Well, I'm hearing all my clients talk about, oh, they're not going back to work for who knows how long, year or two, maybe ever. Well, a lot of my team was like, when can we get back to the office? And so I was trying to manage it of, you know, people have different perspectives of when the appropriate time was to go back in the office I didn't want to do anything risky, you know, that that was seen as, you know, being careless or, or, you know, potentially putting people's safety in jeopardy. But also, I do think there's something to be said for the culture change when you're not sitting there in office across the desk from somebody and the water cooler talk and et cetera. So some of that is just balancing it because we do offer work, you know, a, a flexible schedule here. Like I said, we're, we're running out of room now, so we've got to figure out what it's going to look like long term before we move to a new space of who all needs to be here what days and how we can accommodate to, to make it so there's plenty of room for everyone. 
Right. Are you are you configuring your offices currently sort of in a traditional manner where everybody has their own space or is it all hoteling cubes? How do you manage that? It's kind of a hybrid. Everyone has their own space here, but there's a few people that can only be in the office a day or two a week for various things, whether it's new kids at home, you know, different challenges. And so some of it will be like a, a, a shared office space. You know, if we don't have people in the office interviewing is a big part of what we do is interviewing job seekers. We have room for everybody to have an own, their own private space, but then certain days we'll have five, six, seven people interviewing folks at the same time. Then it gets a little challenging. We do have other options within our building and, and whatnot, but uh, it's definitely evolving. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and are you finding that people do want to come into the office? As you said, people wanted to get back to work. Are you finding that they want to be there in person? Yeah. I mean, with our team, for sure. I think that's because we do have a good culture. I do feel like people miss out. I mean, we do have a lot of fun. We, you know, work hard, play hard is one of the oldest cliches there is. But, you know, I, I surprised the team with a, a new, uh, what do you call it, a, an arcade machine not too long ago that has 17,000 old school video games on it. So people are like, what, are they just sitting around playing video games in your office all day? No, but 10 minutes over uh, lunch, if a couple of couple of folks want to play each other in a game of Mario Golf, then sure, I love it. It's good for camaraderie uh, and stuff. So uh, we do entertain a lot here. You know, we've got a good yeah. entertaining space. We've got a, you know, a big bar set up on a balcony and dartboards and uh, bag sets and all that fun stuff. But I think that all is part of our culture. People want to be here. I think they're more productive because of it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I, I want to shift gears a little bit and and talk a little bit about mentorship and finding advisors. Who's someone in your life who's had a meaningful impact on on your career and your personal journey? Do you have a mentor or advisor that you can point to specifically? Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I always say you got to surround yourself with, with people smarter than you. And I'm not unique in saying that. I know everybody says that. I don't have a very difficult time with that. I'm, I'm, I'm the I'm the dumbest guy in most rooms I'm in because I do surround myself with some pretty smart people. So I've got countless mentors. And sometimes a mentor to me, though, I, I think of many people think of mentor in the traditional sense of, oh, he or she came before you doing the same thing, you know, 20, 30 years ahead of you. There's people that I hire that it's their first day in our industry and I hear them say or do something and I consider them a mentor to a certain degree because they're offering advice or suggestions or different approaches. I mean, one of the reasons I chose to to come here versus some other options I was looking into is because there is a really, really bright group of younger people here that they are the next generation. I was the young guy for forever. And now I know I'm not that, but I'm a firm believer. If you're not going forward, you're going backwards. And I don't know anything about TikTok, but I know there's a value in it. And so my team gets that. So I'm going to look at some of my team that are 15, 20 years, my junior that I would consider mentors. I'd say the one person in this industry I probably give the most credit to is a guy named Rich Diaz, who was an old boss of mine a couple of companies ago, respected everything about him. One of my favorite aspects about Rich was when he was on the phone, you had no idea. We joke around in the office. If he's talking to someone who's a brand new contact he's never spoken to before, if this is a lifelong client, if this is an old fraternity brother, you know, buddy of his, or if it's a family member, because he treated everybody the exact same. And you really didn't know. And I, and I love that about him. I've tried to emulate that. I respect him so much that I ended up hiring his nephew a couple of years ago. His nephew is now one of my top employees and absolutely crushing it for us. So shout out to Lucas and Rich on that one, because it's full circle now. I used to work for Rich, then Rich moved away, which promoted me. I moved on in my career and now, now his nephew is one of my top guys. So I think that's pretty cool how that works out. So great. That's a great story. Great story. I love that. And and you're right. I mean, I I agree with you. For me, 
always sort of surrounding myself with a lot of different people, a lot of different people who I think of as mentors, peer mentors, reverse mentors, whatever you want to call it. And then, you know, when I have the privilege to serve as a mentor myself, I, I think that we we learn and we're enriched by all those experiences. So I, I love how you described that. Yeah, absolutely. So I have to say that um, I was doing a little snooping around about you and I heard through the grapevine that you are a big traveler. So while you call Kansas City home, I know that you and your family love to travel. And in fact, that you've been to most of the 50 United States and five Canadian provinces, if I'm not mistaken. What, what's your favorite destination and what travel tips do you have for us? Well, the tip would be go out there and see the world. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think of myself as a judgmental person. I, I really hope that's true. I would say the one thing I'm guilty of judging people for is if they have the means, and the means isn't just financial. The means is the ability based on their family situation, obviously financial, work situation. You know, sometimes there, there's mental health reasons that prevent people from traveling. I'm not judging that. But if someone really has the means and they just choose not to go out there and see the world at all, ooh, I struggle with that one. Um, no, but, but so tips are, are get the heck out there and see the world. I get asked all the time by clients, hey, my my son, my daughter's going off to college. What do you recommend? What What's the, the hottest major to study right now? I think a lot of that's overrated. And, you know, there, there's certain degrees you need for certain fields for sure. I mean, finance and accounting is what I've specialized in. Obviously, accounting and finance degrees are going to help with that. But there's a lot, a lot of jobs out there where the degree matters minimally. But when they get out there and see the world, go study abroad. That's what I tell them. So as far as my favorite place, you know, I've been to 49 states now. Hawaii's my 50th. We were supposed to check. Oh, yeah. We we were supposed to go there for Thanksgiving this year. But, uh, you know, obviously thoughts and prayers go out to everybody in in Maui and what they're dealing with, because that's where we're going. So that trip's obviously been canceled. I would say internationally, probably Cape Town, South Africa might be my favorite. My wife and I spent about a month there a handful of years ago. Absolutely loved everything about it. Domestically, I've done a lot of the national parks. I think Glacier National Park up in northern Montana is my favorite. Pull the Band-Aid off, though, and and get out there and see it. I've got lots of friends. We've got an extended travel group of about, realistically, about 30 or 40 people that if the email goes out, what are you doing eight, nine months from now? There's a whole bunch of them are going to respond and, and be in. And we traveled the same pace. We just took a trip to Belize with a bunch of these folks. We've been to Ireland. We've been to a bunch of places with them. But many of them had not traveled hardly at all until, you know, their late 20s, early 30s. And and I didn't travel much as a kid. I didn't, we didn't have the means to. And, you know, we did some domestic stuff, but but some road trips. But as I got older, I started to get a taste for it. And I know very, very, very few people that have gone on a a cool trip to an impressive destination that hasn't gotten the itch and just jumped in feet first. So pull the bandit off and just do it. Love it. I'm, I'm with you 100%. So fabulous. Well, there's one question that I ask every guest. And so I have to ask you as well, if you could meet and have coffee with one person, it could be anybody fictional, non-fictional living, not living, who would it be and why? Ooh, one person to have coffee with. Can we make it a beer? Or? <laughs> yes, 100%. I, and I have to tell you, my uh, my own little secret is I don't drink coffee. So it, I don't care what's in the cup. You you pick. It can absolutely be a beer. I feel like I should have some more profound answer than that, than I do. You know, I, I think I've said this before in, to this question, so I'll, I'll repeat it. I think Jimi Hendrix was the, the greatest musician of all time and just such a different person. I would love to see what's going on in, in, in that genius's mind. As far as living, I, I really love seeing uh, Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal play off each other. So if, if there are a couple of beers to 
rib each other and talk sports, I, I would say those two would be at the top of the list. Okay. It's so fun. So fun. I have to be a fly on the wall of that conversation. That would be great. All sorts of politicians and religious leaders and business executives. I, there's much uh, deeper answers there, but th- those are the ones that are coming to the top of my head right now. Those are those are really good. Well, it has been such a delight to visit with you. Casey Wright, where can our listeners go to learn more about you and about Chief of Staff Casey? Yeah, just chiefofstaffkc.com. Um, there's links to all of our socials on there. We've got social media pages for, for pretty much uh, all the platforms. And uh, don't be a stranger. Hit me up on LinkedIn or whatever. I'm happy to meet new people. And like I said, uh, if you're a good person, I'd love to talk to you. Fabulous. Casey Wright, thanks for being on Enterprising Podcast. Thanks a lot, Atlanta. Really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us this week on Enterprising. Be sure to visit our website, enterprisebank.com slash podcast to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. If you found value in today's program, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or telling a friend about us. Enterprising, powering business leaders, one conversation at a time. The views expressed by enterprising presenters or guests are those of the presenter or guest and not necessarily of Enterprise Bank and Trust or its affiliates. All content of this podcast and any related materials are for informational purposes only. Enterprise Bank and Trust does not make any warranty express or implied, including warranties of merchantability and fitness for a particular purpose, and specifically disclaims any legal liability or responsibility for the accuracy, completeness, or usefulness of any information presented. Enterprise Bank and Trust is not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this podcast. All statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.